Welcome to Inderscription. After I traversed a nearly unhealthy amount of the Northeast this week, it's time to settle down in front of a microphone and talk about portable gaming. Rich regales us with a legion of where handheld gaming can go, given enough sweat equity and kitchen sink. And rich people towns have been measured and found wanting. Thanks for staying on this road with us. We are live again with a lot to cover, and I feel like I am catching you in between massive commutes. You're coming from going to. It's like, it's like a a mountain of commutes is what it is. It's I have been so many places. I went to Maryland. I went to Rochester, New York. I uh, have driven a lot. I don't want to drive again for a little while. I want to kind of like, you know, I don't even want to be on a shuttle or uh, not even really like a motorized scooter. I would like to be home on the couch, making sure that the indentation where my ass is, is properly formed and reinforced. Yes. So uh, that's what I want. That's what I want. I'm done with the driving. Yeah, I Wednesday night drove down uh, Maryland way. I had a work uh, engagement all day um, Thursday. So uh, with that being, you know, nine on four hours of driving down that way from where I'm at, I decided I would kind of grab a hotel the night before and, uh, you know, good productive day of work for sure. But, um, exhausting nonetheless to then, you know, jump in, got to see you for a bit. Uh, we, uh, uh, enjoyed, uh, pizza and beer, which, uh, and cordon chicken cordon blue bites, which is good flavor profile in a bite. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I said at the time, you know, it's hard to mess up a bite, you know, most mm-hmm. of them are good. I mean, jalapeno bites are, you know, a wonderful example of that. Like you'd never just stick a raw jalapeno pepper in your mouth, but if you mm-hmm. batter it with some cheese and fry it, all of a sudden it's a great snack. And so, you know, you can only ever go up from that floor on bites. Mm-hmm. And these were mm-hmm. definitely really good. It's classic Pinocchio's pub food and exactly what we want. They did it super well. And then, uh, Got to sleep in my own bed on Thursday <laughs> and then uh, busy, busy day at work on Friday. Um, and then uh, packed up uh, me and the boys and we went to Rochester, New York, where I got to go to a concert. Um, got to go see Carl Palmer, uh, the drummer from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Um, there was a, um, I'd gone to see him not quite two years ago, mm-hmm, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, um, over in, I believe it was Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, great show at that time. Uh, I had shared with you, there was, uh, two, um, musicians that he paired with, um, Paul, I don't remember his last name. And then Simon Fitzpatrick who plays bass and also the Chapman stick, which we learned about the mm-hmm. Chapman stick together. And, uh, so those two same folks were with him this time around, but this show is different than the last one. The last one was kind of him kind of coming back and, you know, just being part of the, 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 you know, the musical world again. Um, and this show was, he had taken footage of, um, when he was playing with, uh, Keith Emerson and Greg Legg, both of who have now passed. Uh, and, uh, this, that tour, not the exact show that I was at, of course, but that tour uh, was actually the very first concert I had ever gone to, the Black Moon tour uh, in my life. It was oh, the very wow. first wow, wow. concert I ever had. Um, so the footage was taken from that tour. I was wondering why they didn't do ones earlier than that, but I, I'm going to say it's probably rare at this point, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's probably rare at this point that the... Um, what like the um what's the best way to say this like the 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 channel separation if you will of the concert like if you were you have like the live band up on a on a stage and you've got everybody kind of dumping into a probably a front of house mixer somewhere that's you know handling all their levels and you know what have you i think you probably depending on how far you go back in concerts, right. And time, you probably don't have as many good 
track separated concerts from back in the day, like back. And I mean, Emerson, Lake and Palmer back in the seventies. Right. Right. Um, and so why that's important for this is in this show, he had two, three really um, video screens behind him. Carl Palmer did. And usually on the left, he would have Keith Emerson, the keyboard player. And on the right, he would have Greg Lake, which is the acoustic guitar player slash bass player slash singer. Um, and then he was in the middle. Um, sometimes he would also be, you know, up, uh, you know, on the on the video screen in the middle. Um, but he actually played a few different tracks with the with his former bandmates who are no longer with us. Um, now, in order to do that, they had to surgically remove the drums right, out right, of right. that live show so that he could be playing with them today while instead of playing with himself and them from back in the day or you know just listening to the track completely um so it i had wondered why we didn't have older footage still i mean it's old right it's 92 which was actually an eternity ago um as much as i don't want to say that um but uh but still it was not quite the 70s you know, uh, footage I thought we were going to have still, they were, uh, I don't want to say top of their game, but near top of their game, even back in the early nineties, like they were just, you know, absolute beasts. He is still a beast. He is 70 something. And he, again, just like he did two years ago, did a nine minute drum solo. And he would just, uh, he, he ripped it up and he was playing, one stick off the other he was he was standing up and hitting you know percussion while he was doing the double bass and nine minutes like it was like straight up classic prog rock drum solo ass drum solo like he was out there at 70 something man i don't know i have were you able to see the iv line going to the 19 year old like behind him (laughs) i mean the combined ages of the two guys that play with him probably don't quite equal his age um but uh yeah it's it is insane like his i mean you can tell he's probably at like 80 something percent of his you know of where he used to be as carl palmer back in the 70s um but i mean i hope i'm doing 80 percent of anything in my 70s that i do today um so he was he's absolutely absolutely a fucking force um uh, really, really impressive uh, stuff. Got some video footage. Can't wait to share it with you. Um, but uh, really good stuff. You also asked a very specific question on our last podcast, and you said, uh, "When did bass players stop working so hard?" And I would like to point your attention to a Jet Li movie, uh, which is called The One. And the conceit of The One was that there were many Jet Lees in the multiverses and there was one particular evil Jet Lee that went around murdering other Jet Lees mm-hmm. in other mm-hmm. universes within the multiverse. And every time he murdered a Jet Lee, then their power yes. shot into him and he became a stronger Jet Lee. And so what was unclear initially in that movie was that also that was actually like a mathematical uh, redistribution of Jet Li power every single time he killed a Jet Li. So if there were 20 of them and he kills one of them, then there's 19 left and the power of that one went into the remaining 19, not just into him. So he just kept going along the line, killing all the Jet Li's so that he could become the one until we found a good Jet Li and a bad Jet Li and they had to fight each other at the end. So that's what happened with Simon Fitzpatrick on the Chapman stick. That is where, oh, that, that is where all of the bass playing power power has gone he is that he is you want to know why bass players stopped working so hard is because he sucked all of their souls out and he has channeled it into a chapman stick which is uh how he (laughs) plays um there's uh i I shared with you uh that he did that one man cover with the chapman stick of say la vie um and that show two years ago and he actually did take a pebble this year and which is an even longer song more complicated song and he absolutely just 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 slapped it up and down he Mm -hmm. did an incredible job he's um so that guy's still working i just wanted you to know that guy's still working so if you need bass playing done he's probably the last one but he he's 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 where it went that sounds uh, perfectly right i commend you for not going super 80s geek and making the highlander reference and doing the one reference instead yeah i mean same basic idea although highlander they didn't 
get the power of each kill. There could only just be one left. There could only just be a one left. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, uh, yeah. No, I, it makes me very much want to learn the Chapman stick in ways that, you know, I don't really have for other stringed instruments, but there's something about like the, the hammer-ons as like a first-class citizen on it mm-hmm. and the way like the pickups are designed to let you like play it almost like a keyboard at certain points in addition to strumming and tapping and all the other stuff. It's fascinating instrument, like really good, really nerdy. And yeah, I, I don't know when they're going to play again or if, but you know, in two years I've missed out on Palmer with you and like third time's a charm. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely uh, grab you by the puppy scruff and bring you. I meant to see this show when it was much closer than Rochester, New York. So I, I for whatever that's worth, he actually did play in like Glenside, I think, which was like, I don't know, in your backyard. <laughs> and right. uh, I, I just straight up missed it. I, I, I knew the show was coming because he talked about it two years ago. I checked several times, didn't see anything about it, forgot about it, then looked and saw that I missed half of the shows. And the only other one I could see is Rochester before he went into like Canada and then overseas. Um, and so I just just lost out for, uh, for compatibility for that uh, show. But yes, you will absolutely have to go. I will say too, as a funny aside, like uh, you being a keyboard player, I've never seen, and, and also with Keith Emerson being maybe one of the best keyboard players in prog rock that ever happened. Um, I have never seen an, a project in the 21st century that has so aggressively tried to not have a keyboard player because between the guitar player and the Chapman six slash bass player, they have found all of the keyboard sounds you could possibly ever want to hear without ever having a single key on stage. Um, I also recorded the, um, the, the guitar player's solo and he is just so rife with effects and pedals. He has just created keyboard sounds and really the, the defining one of the defining sounds of ELP was Keith Emerson and the keyboard stuff. So how do you get, that sound to cover all these songs without a keyboard and he just has all the effects. He just decided to fix it. Um, so, uh, I do have to have you hear that because when he's playing the guitar, like it just sounds like a keyboard. It doesn't even sound like a guitar at all. There's like literally a, maybe a track or two over the whole concert that sounded like a guitar. Everything else was, was just straight on. He's just a keyboard player with six strings and, uh, uh, it's uh, something something for sure. So I just thought it kind of funny, like, you know, you guys are going a long way. You could just buy a keyboard. You know, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Keith Emerson had a lot of them. Um, I also, I didn't actually get the footage well because it was the final song and I was just kind of relishing in it. But um, Keith Emerson is like kind of a, he was like a like rock star with a capital R. Like he was very... I don't remember all of this stuff. Ha- I remember other stuff happening in the Black Moon uh, show that I saw, but they showed footage of him, you know, in this final song. And uh, I am pretty sure it's a Hammond B3 that he had. Um, mm-hmm. And he has one, I don't know how to describe this very well, but it's basically a big ass lazy Susan. Um, and it's like a, like, like a rotating platform. And there's a, wall in the middle of it that looks like a brick wall um and so half of the lazy susan he's got hit all of his keyboards stacked he's got a piano under two or three keyboards and another two keyboards behind him he has an enormous wall of some of the shit that i see on your camera like over there like just like just knobs and wires just hanging off of all kinds of things that i'm assuming make keyboard sounds um (laughs) and all of that but during this last song, which was uh, fanfare for the for the common man, I think was the that song. He hits a button, and the whole thing rotates 180 degrees. And on the other side of the wall was just a brick wall and a Habin B3, um, nothing else. And so he goes over there, and he begins to start playing the Hammond B3, and then he starts getting very rough with the Hammond B3. He actually like drags it. I mean, he's a big dude. He's bigger than I remembered him being. He's like he's like like almost wrestler big like he's like a big guy um and he grabs the hammond b3 and he drags it away like drags it away towards the the stage and it's just banging and making all kinds of like amplified hammond b3 sounds and then he stops it and he starts playing it and then he he jumps on top of this thing and he like he rides it like a 
like a like a uh, a rodeo clown like he's like actually riding the b3 while he's playing it I, I can't describe it any other way than he's just riding this 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 oh, b3 organ why? Why? and what then did it do it didn't hurt anybody uh, but he hurt it badly. Like it will never finish this story to anyone. He he is just banging this thing around, and then what was like super crazy is he goes behind it, right? Like behind the Hammond B three, and he pulls it down so that it it crushes him. Like so that oh, the only thing that's above it is like his chest and his arms and his head. It's like literally like leaning on him and he's playing it backwards because he has to reach over the top of it and he's like playing it backwards while the crowd's behind him. And when he's done with that, he pushes it back up and it's banging all over the <laughs> It was insane, dude. Like he's just like he had he uh he 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 uh, was not kind towards this and instrument, issues um, but he, he was just making out. this thing fucking sing and scream. It, scream! It was insane. <laughs> it was really something. Yeah, I I mean, I would if I was getting abused like that. Like it's fucking <laughs> broken. Yes, whatever you need. Yep. Please get yep, off absolutely. of me. Yeah, I mean, it was it was truly like I mean, just disrespectful to that instrument My. in all the best ways, but. Um, so uh, anyway, but it was uh, it was a very cool show, um, very nice city, Rochester. I don't know if you've been. I I, I had only I had never been before. Um, so nice the area that I was particularly right by the Theater of Innovation is like super super nice. There's a big um, National Museum of Play there for like kiddos. Um, we just didn't have time. We had to get back here for uh, other engagements. But uh, um, I would definitely like to to head back through the the. The town and you know uh, bring bring the boys back and you know kind of have a, a cool experience up there i'm sure it's for adults too but it just you know it's a super super nice area like very very moneyed very moneyed um uh so yeah it was uh it was it was a, it was a cool trip i am so glad to be home i need your commentary on something i was yeah. driving home mm-hmm. and um fuck rich people now this is this is the commentary i need you to to, to, okay. to jump in on here i stopped in and I'm sorry, the town of Pittsford. I am putting you on blast. I am on the way home and pulled into Pittsford and needed gas because this, you know, because I drove half the fucking world away. That's so, right. of course, I needed yes. gas on the way home this morning. And so, stopped in Pittsford, which isn't that much very far out from Rochester. And uh, I needed to find a gas station. And according to Google Maps, there was, in fact, a mobile station. Uh, now, Finding that mobile station was difficult. The reason it was difficult, it wasn't even that far off the beaten path, is that there is no signage for the mobile gas station allowed outside of the logo that is on the gas pumps itself. Uh, Also, the Dunkin' Donuts that was actually part of the convenience store that was behind it had a tiny, tiny, tiny little Dunkin' Donuts sign that was in a very nice brick signage thing that was very low to the ground and very responsible mm-hmm. people running around mm-hmm. with their lululemon pants and very you know it's all very it's all very very nice and leaving there i assumed that that dunkin donuts was the only place i could get coffee but leaving there just out of the corner of my eye i caught a starbucks now you know that starbucks spends a lot of money on branding but there's this bland brick building and it just has these the gold lettering for starbucks outside you would not know that that's a starbucks unless you live there or you caught it out of the corner of your eye and then tiny little logos that were allowed on the windows and so this is one of those towns where it's like well we think signs are too loud so we need to like not let you have signs Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. like what the fuck is that about? Like I, I, I blew directly past the, the gas station and then like my son Bishop, he like points back and he's like, yeah, there's the, there's the gas station back there. And I'm like, oh, well that would be great to find a fucking mobile sign over the mobile gas station. Um, but they don't have that. So, so what's up, man? I like, I, I think that's bullshit and I fucking hate it and they should pun it, be punished for that. What do you think about it? Well, I, I think to keep this interesting, I'm going to argue the point of no signs. It's not actually my position, but it sounds like somebody's got to do it. Um, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> uh, so I Googled Pittsburgh while you were 
um, sharing this and I saw people on kayaks and community lakes and Scottish people on parade and farm stands and um, several different farmers markets in the community limits. And so I'm going to say to start out that Pittsburgh isn't for you. For now. <laughs> um, I should I should take my petroleum needs elsewhere. Yeah. The reason <laughs> nobody needs signs is because they live there and they know where the fucking gas station is because ah. their grandpapa taught their papa and their papa taught them by rote how to find that gas station <laughs> in the dark. And we don't need signs in our goddamn town. Now you might need a sign, but that sounds very much like a you problem, foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> and one of you big city Rochester boys. Like, really, it sounds like the only problem that Pittsburgh has is that somebody accidentally left up a sign telling out of towners that there was gas in town. <laughs> <laughs> That's their bad. They'll have to fix that immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm all for like sign restrictions. Like, I totally understand that you don't want to have a mobile come in and have like a 35 foot by 15 foot billboard, like right out, like on your main drag, right? Like you want to be able to identify things, but you want to keep the culture and character of your town. And you can say like, you can't have more than, you know, a five by five, uh, you know, sign frontage. And it's got to be in the character. Like you might have like brick or masonry or something like, you know, they put a Wawa right in the main drag of media. And one of the restrictions is, everything that gets built in media has to be at least two stories. And so mm-hmm. there's a second story that's just like empty space on that Wawa because they're Wawa. You've been in a Wawa. There's no upstairs. There's nothing to do upstairs. It's not where they make the hoagies. Uh, <laughs> everything you need is on floor. One. Right. And like for the signage, like they had to do like brickwork and, you know, put it in like a nice contained sign that like looks like the character of the town. So I like, that's cool. I think that's fine. I can still find the Wawa. Like I'm still able to get to the Wawa and understand. It's still a bright red Wawa sign. It's just has brick around it. Sure. Exactly. Like it's still recognizable. And I think I'm only being half silly. Like if they really are going to not let people have basic signage to get to where they need to get to, then they should not have the sign on the roadside to tell people that there's a gas station here. Like, sure. and you should just keep driving to the next one where they will actually let you find your way. So I'm very much with you on that. Character is fine. Total outright bans are absolute nonsense. People have to identify where they are going. Yeah. And I mean, if you're letting a Starbucks into your town, you're obviously doing that because that's going to be economically beneficial, whether it's for jobs or, you know, out of town commerce or whatever, right? Like, I mean, it's good for the town or you wouldn't let it in ostensibly like, you know, and that's a broad generalization. I'm sure there's times when stores have gotten in there that shouldn't be and et cetera. But, um, I don't know. It's just awfully like kind of tacky and weird that like, uh, that they won't let any tacky and weird signs happen. Um, I just find it's like, I, I just want to be able to, find the gas station and it can just listen if it was a tasteful old english you know (laughs) gold lettered sign that says ye old gas or whatever like i don't care what you do with it but it's not remotely prominent like it's like actually like i couldn't i didn't see the starbucks i probably would have stopped there instead of the dunkin donuts that was attached to a gas station right and it's just like it seems like there's this sort of thing that's like i think there's a too far i think i understand that you know bougie rich people want to feel like they're not really wawas or they're not really dollar generals or whatever you know i mean even though it's the same shit that you can go get right down the road in a much more affordably housed place right but also like you know, like at some point when you've eliminated the very purpose of signage, like just because you think that looks nicer, like, yeah, you're right. They don't want me there is the answer. They want me to have never showed up. Um, and so, you know, back at the founding of Pittsburgh, when Ebenezer Duncan and <laughs> Iris Donut first opened their um, <laughs> initial donut stand it was really an important moment and yes you know once percival starbuck moved into town and set up a competing stand 
you know, the history of the town was basically written right then. And <laughs> the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, it's um really yeah. a sad story. Ebenezer Duncan was um uh, his whole fortune was lost. Uh, you know, the Donut family was just uh, absolutely brutal to the Duncans after his passing. And, uh, you know, when they took it national, it was just a huge difference of opinions. Huge difference of opinions. I get it. I get it. So So uh, you think we should go on to another topic past uh, my, my wanderings? Because in these wanderings, I really could have used an incredible handheld device that would allow me to game, to watch movies per se, to allow me to do a great many things that one could do on a PC. And I didn't have that with me at the time. If I were to have one of those things with me at the time, what should I have brought with me? Well, as you know, because uh, handheld gaming devices are something that I cannot get enough of, the choices (laughs) are legion. We are Legion. Legion. We and are Legion. The choice is the Legion Go. So this may actually be exclusive content because right up until launch, and even now I'm seeing a couple of YouTube videos trickle out. Major outlets are not doing a real roll up their sleeves review. They're just kind of sticking with the preview controlled space that they did like a month or two ago. So the Lenovo Legion Go is the latest in the handheld revolution that companies before Valve started, but Valve popularized with a Steam Deck. Um, And so I got mine. Um, They're being sold at Micro Center and hat tip to Micro Center. I didn't know they were doing this, but they offer free upgrades to two terabytes at Micro Center, so awesome. it ships with 512 or one terabyte, and um, any model they'll just swap out for the two terabyte. So I was surprised because I they actually had them pre-made, like pre-configured with two terabytes ready to go. They took a bunch out and just started throwing in upgraded drives in them. So I got up to check out because um, I was going to do that. I bought the 512, was going to throw a two terabyte right in. Said, "Oh yeah, this is free." So the $199 two terabyte NVMe for drive did not cost me. So I got a two terabyte Lenovo Go for the price of a 512, which is wonderful. pretty wonderful. Um, I've noticed Micro Center does that kind of stuff a lot, like especially with um, Apple products uh, when they're not allowed to compete on price, they'll throw in these extra things and offer you a better deal some other way. Since like a lot of the retail products is, you know, like, these companies set their prices and they don't let you sell them any cheaper. So sure. this seemed very much like one of those things, like they're not allowed to compete with Best Buy and just sell the go for less. So they're using what they can do that Best Buy can't, which is they have all of the NVMEs and all of the tech skills to actually build these things. So they're just doing it. Um, it. So that's cool. In hindsight, if I had known that, I probably just would have taken them up on that and saved myself picking it apart. But it was a good experience to get under it and do the replacement and see how user-friendly it was. Um, so right out of the gate, I'll say it was very user-friendly. Six screws, pry off the back, um, lift up a little bit of tape that slides right back out, pull it out, pop it in. Um, you had given me the, um, the one-touch cloning device for the NVMe drives, which was a really very worthwhile investment because uh, to date, Lenovo doesn't have a full restore image mm-hmm. um, on their site. And, you know, I was getting it launch day. And so I wasn't going to be able to do a clean Windows and install and get all of their special drivers and bits. Um, so that helped uh, because that meant that I did not have to do that. And I still probably will at some point once they have all of their drivers sorted. Um, so first, I'm going to get into the one thing that really gave me fits so that I can get to the honest review part of this. And that's mm-hmm. um, when I first fired it up, I downloaded um, Starfield, had some Microsoft issues, probably with the cloning. And uh, I, there's probably a security setting when you do that, that it turned some arcane settings off that you and I had talked about that wasn't letting me playing any Game Pass games. And it was chunking. I put it on low settings. I dropped the resolution off and it was like a slideshow. Like we're talking like four or five frames per second. Like it was just not running. And 
I tried to pull down Jason, the new Game Pass game, um, the kind of climbing platformer, and mm-hmm. that was crashing every 10 minutes, just out to desktop. I was getting um, overrun errors. I was getting no errors at all. I was really trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Uh, there were no new drivers for um, the uh, Ryzen, so like there wasn't anything I could find. Uh, I went data driver check, and this was a August or September dated um, AMD driver. And I looked at the chipset on AMD, and there's one from October 19th, so relatively fresh. And when I went to pull it, it said, this isn't compatible because of the way they've got mm-hmm. it signed. So even though it's the same exact chipset as in the Ally and in some other devices, it wasn't signing it, it wasn't letting it over. So I figured out how to expand it and go into um, Device Manager and to force the update to just say, oh yeah, no, that chip works. Um, <laughs> and so since I did that, everything has been absolutely wonderful and competent and outperforming the Ally in some ways, despite the bigger screen and higher resolution. Um, so that's all really good, but I wanted to get that out of the mm-hmm. way. Like out of the box, this thing was not really ready to ship. To Lenovo's credit, they've already posted on the community and said we're fixing the graphics drivers within seventy-two hours. Whoops! Like we'll get that squared right away. They've got a whole list of other things that they're working on fixing, including full mapping of all of the back buttons to whatever you want, not just gamepad buttons, uh, extra mouse functionality, and so they're. They're chugging. They're listening to feedback. They're kicking it up. It's really hard to imagine how they let this go with a driver that couldn't run any games out of the box. Like hmm. my best guess is that internally they've been updating the drivers as they've come out, and they just didn't have that in their launch package because somebody would have stopped this before it went out the door. Like I, I mean. I outside of Game Pass, Diablo. I tried. I tried um, from Earth, which is or from space, which is a relatively like low pressure game. Minecraft wouldn't mm-hmm. run. Like I couldn't run anything until I updated the drivers. So somebody would have put a hand up. So mm-hmm. if you get this before they do that, know that you need to update the drivers before you're going to be happy with it. And I guess more uh, specifically you have to know how to update the drivers. This is not download this package from Lenovo, double click and install. Like this is a, do you know how to force unsigned drivers? Do you know where to go get those, un- the, the potentially unsigned drivers? Like you have to, like it's, I don't want to call it a walkthrough worthy, but it is not what you deserve buying a product off the shelf. Yeah. Like and you actually, of- the only way to get those drivers right now is to, take the installer, let it fail, cancel it as soon as it fails so that the expanded package is still in your temp folder and then pull it from there. So it's not even just get the driver, like the raw driver and go through this process. You have to trick AMD, you have to trick Lenovo. Again, the 72 hours uh, as of like yesterday is a pretty quick turnaround for them to realize and fix the problem. So I'll give them a cookie if they get it squared. Um, but that's a very rough landing for launch day users. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Would you say just to cap that conversation, how do you think that factors into the complete lack of pre-release coverage? I think the pre-release coverage hurt them because they probably could have gotten that feedback before launch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever they managed to do to keep anybody from having these, whether there was an embargo or not, like if I was with The Verge and I had this thing, even if I'm under embargo, I would be calling my rep at Lenovo and saying, I can't run anything. Like I can't even review this. Like right now I'm going to have to pan it because I can't launch a game. Sure. Right. Like, and so like somewhere that feedback loop would have happened and it seems like they just didn't let anybody have any of these before launch period. Right. So I, I mean I but it's tough because they launched after Asus and you saw what happened with the ROG Ally. Like they just got sure. punched in the face again and again about the fact that it runs Windows and about these like just 
things that really had nothing to do with the device before launch really dampening like the impact of their launch. So I don't know if I blame Lenovo either for taking a different tact, right? Because like the press is so keyed up against anything that's not a Steam Deck that, you know, would they have gotten kudos over the ally? Maybe, but I understand why they made that decision, even if ultimately I think it didn't help them. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, like the one thing is that they'd have to put it out eventually, though, right? Like they're not going to ship Linux on it no matter what. So, like whether they get it to people early and take their lumps early, or they wait four months, aren't they still going to take their lumps? Like, isn't yeah, that still yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't. Uh, again, I'm not advocating the decision. I understand why somebody in a boardroom made it. I still think sure. it was wrong. Like, I think you benefit. By getting it out there, you can have an embargo, you can have that conversation going on, but you need testers. Like you need people using the release hardware or something like this happens. So, sure. so th- that's the big knock. I needed to cover that. Um, yep. Let me go through things that are important. Um, mm-hmm. Lenovo has its own custom app that deals with all of the handheld bits. I'm okay. going to say unabashedly the allies is better. Okay. They have some shit to work out there. The it's called uh, Lenovo Legion Space is the app. Um, my primary gripe with it is that it's very spammy. So okay. you know, even when you get to your library, like the home screen of it is just like a storefront. Um okay. and interestingly, it's an aggregated storefront where they have affiliated links. So they'll like promote things that are new on Steam, things that are new on the GOG store, things that are new in Epic. Um, and if you go and click on it and buy it, it'll send you there and they'll get like a kickback. But it's a lot of storefront upfront and there's no way okay. to change your home screen in the Legion space. So don't love that. Um, it does mostly what it's supposed to beyond that. Like it gets you your games, it gets you your main settings. It's still a little light. Let me ask you a question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I just so that I understand. Um, so with the Ally, and also really with the Steam Deck, there's two apps. There's like a full screen. Uh, <laughs> the full screen Windows isn't ready for gaming app. That's right. <laughs> that takes over, right? And then there's also a. Um, slide out app that's like a quick settings slash mm-hmm. let me dig into the whatevers. Does it have both of those things like all of its predecessors? It does. Yeah. Okay. So are they are they call different things or are they the same thing? Uh, well, it all runs from the same thing. And so this is kind of jumping to my next uh, gripe, which is Legion Space has to load at startup and okay. it loads full screen. And you cannot minimize it while it's loading, and it adds about a minute and a half to startup. Oh, yikes! Okay. And like they got to fix that because nobody needs to jump right into there. Like when you're mm-hmm. starting up, and it's even got like a welcome animation and spinning things and all of this, and <laughs> like <laughs> it's a party, uh, right? Like after it's loaded, and like that's got to go away. Like I want the slide outs. Um, slide outs are fine. Let you change your TDP and settings and all of that. Like that's got a dedicated button. Legion space is a dedicated button. They need startup in background or startup minimized as a choice. 100%. Mm -hmm. Like I get that you've got one package for everything and I may just never go into the Legion space app, but I need the slide outs. Fucking get out of my face. Like, and even if I turn it off for loaded startup, if I want to use those buttons ever, the first time it runs, it still does the full screen only, like full load, minute and a half, like to get that in. So you just have to chew on it when you first start it up. So don't love that. Uh, that's on their list. They're already working on fixing it and making the slide outs better because there's actually two. There's a, um, depending on how you press the button, one is like the setting slide out, and then there's one that slides out from the other side that's almost like a quick view of like recent games and like a sidebar that you can like launch different things and go to different apps. Um, Somewhat configurable, like you don't ever have to see that one if you don't want to, but if you hit the button like twice quickly, it'll come out. Um, 
it's a neat idea and a neat compromise to having a gamepad controllable. I just want to get to my games from Windows without going into this whole app experience. So I like where they're going. It's still very, very rough around the edges. So covering those bits. um, The other thing that I did do right off the bat, um, by default, they have three of the 16 gigs um, dedicated to VRAM, um, which is kind of low. The ally is at six. there's no setting in the app to let you change your VRAM, so you got to go into BIOS and manually set it. And right now, they only allow three, four, or eight. And ah, so, okay. like, they got to add some options. I bumped it up to four and put things like about on a sweet spot, which is where things are good. It's a little much. Again, I'm an early adopter, but nobody wants to run to the store and buy this and run into BIOS and manually update drivers and do all of this shit. So that's all of the negative. Now, I think this is the best handheld that has ever launched. I think it is the answer for 99% of the people who are going to want a handheld. I think it is the one to keep. And Hmm. let me explain why it is so fucking cool now that I've just jammed on everything that's wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like understanding that they work some of this stuff out. Um, first of all, the form factor is about perfect. I was worried okay. that it was going to be too big, and I still like the lightness of the Ally quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you put it next to the Steam Deck, you realize like the Steam Deck was also enormous. Like the Ally is just mm-hmm. compact. Um, getting that eight-inch screen with a higher resolution has a real fucking impact on games. When I got Diablo Four running. I didn't realize how good looking a game that was because mm. it's got that forced like isometric view throughout the whole game and your characters sure. are small all the time. And there's just so much detail that I was missing on the ally. Like it's not even funny and being able to actually read my fucking inventory and text on some of these small screens. Like when you have a 2,500 by 1080 screen, you're going to be able to do that. The text, even though it's smaller is still crisper but also that extra inch diagonally does give you a lot more real estate to see things at a proper resolution. Um, mm-hmm. And I've noticed that that holds even when you're down resing a little bit for performance, like you're just able to see things better. So considering we're playing PC games on a handheld, the bigger screen is key. It's also fucking gorgeous. It's a lot brighter than the ally screen. It's crisper. Like it's just a good experience. Um, second, it has a kickstand built in and that seems like not a huge thing but it really is for a few of my use cases um mm-hmm. even just laying in bed like if i'm kind of playing and you know chilling having that kickstand out a little bit like when i'm resting it on myself like i felt like with the ally i was always like grabbing some pillows like especially if i wanted to stream something or watch something on netflix and i don't want to like be holding it the whole time mm-hmm you can kind of just prop it like wherever you are. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's super useful, super smart. Um, Two, like the Ioneo and unlike the Steam Deck and the Ally, it has two USB 4 ports, one on the top and one on the bottom. That's a big fucking deal. Like I can't tell you how useful that is and how much I missed it getting rid of the Ioneo um, for a couple of reasons. One, both offer power delivery. And so... There are times when you're going to want to do that and have that cable on the top while you're playing and times when you're going to want it on the bottom. Like if you're docked and you're at a desktop, having that top one is great because it's sitting on the bottom one. Sometimes when you're playing, like especially if you've got headphones, like you don't want wires everywhere and just have something coming down under it. Um, Also lets you add an accessory if you need to be charging and just plug something in really quickly. You've got it. Like it's just useful. It's smart. And these companies have been a little stingy with having only one port on these and not a fan of that. Um, the piece de resistance for this for me, though, is the controller. Um, hmm. The controllers detach like a switch. And interestingly, they've actually got a separate dedicated Bluetooth chip for the controllers alone, which I was interested in. So it's like separate from the actual OS's Bluetooth for peripherals. And I think that's really smart. Um, You know, like whether or not there's a future for them being Bluetooth controllers and other things, I have no idea. But having something that's 
instant and paired and dedicated to that channel for that device is the right call. Um, I don't care as much about the detachableness of them. Like my, I'm usually using this as a handheld, and if not, I've got a really nice desktop or Xboxes or all kinds of other things that I can do. Um, I like that it's there. I can definitely see the places where I would use it, and I played with it, and they're really very comfortable and premium feeling. They feel good in the hands. Um, what's fucking great and why the Legion Go was designed just for me and me alone is it is a fucking bonanza of back buttons like they like it's not like one or two or three or four like on the steam deck like they went into my brain and picked my wildest desires for a controller and put this together so let me see if i can do this in words since this is an audio medium in your left hand you've got Mm -hmm. your Stick in your um, left bumper like you would. So figure mm-hmm. everything that would be on an Xbox controller. Behind you, you have just like the Steam Deck, two rear buttons, one on top of the other. Got it. Got it. On the right side, you have two buttons, but they are side by side. So if you're gripping it naturally, they're under your middle finger or your index, mm-hmm. depending on how you're holding it. And if you tap with the tip of your finger, you'll press the one. And if you squeeze a little bit with your finger together, you'll hit the one that's closer to you. So it's like a grip button. And so it it takes a second to learn, but you're not accidentally triggering it because of the way your hand's normally feeling. So it takes like that squeeze. And then you've got the right bumper, which is longer on the right controller. So it comes around and arcs down. And below that, there's a button on the side that is a palm squeeze button. So you trigger it by squeezing a little bit with your grip itself um, to trigger it, which gives you two alternative control ways of interacting with back buttons in a way that's really natural. And so think of that button for things that you might click a stick for, right? Like a, a reload or a melee. It's much quicker to get to and super comfortable, but it's not a typical like trigger, like you're not moving around. So what they've really done there is on the right side, all three of those buttons are triggered in one position. So rather than fixing the face buttons by just doing them on the bottom and still having to move your fingers around, you have access to all three with like one motion and you can even do combos with them, like with the way you're contracting your hand. So totally unique. They also of the trackpad on the right side, and there's a scroll wheel in the back. So when you're mousing around <laughs> Windows, and it has spinners. It's got spinners yeah, on dude. it. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, um, <laughs> I love <laughs> Like, I mean, you had to spend the time on explaining that very unique button combination, and you said, oh, what else do we have here? You just dumped out a whole bunch of other <laughs> shit out of your gunny sack. Like, oh, there's that's all right. this other, they right. look, 86 more buttons. And that's, and that's all, though. That's, that's right. That's and it's got the, the rolling light sensor from those old sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, yes, yes. All theremin. And, and the third in. stick just pops out of the top, and it's a theremin. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is that, yeah. Um, and some of that is because when you take that right stick off, you can change the orientation and put in this little stand, and it's actually got an optical mouse on the bottom. And so you can kind of just move it around your desktop like a vertical mouse, and the way those buttons work will shift. Again, I don't really care about that part. Like I'm just into it for, you know, how can I melee when I'm playing a first-person shooter and never take my hands off the thumbsticks? And mm-hmm. they got it. They got it. They got it. Beyond that, um, Hall effect for both the sticks and the triggers, and the triggers feel really good. Um, the whole thing, there's like a good... Um, kind of crosswork grippy feel that kind of mirrors the um, Xbox Elite controllers quite a bit. So it's got just like a good premium feel to it and feels great to play. Uh, Like I said, right now you can only map those rear buttons to buttons that are also on the front. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you can like left and right stick clicks, uh, all of your face buttons, it can all be mapped back there, but it would be great to like open that up to macros and other things that would make sense, which is on their map. 
but wow. yeah, for me, like I just want them to make a controller that's like Xbox compatible and PC compatible because they figured that shit out. Like they've got all the buttons all in the right place. And impressively, I'm not accidentally triggering any of them with the way they handle the ergonomics. And that's a very impressive feat. That's amazing. Um, so some questions, I think, uh, D-pad, how's the D-pad on it? D-pad's okay. I prefer the style on the Ally, which is the hex that gives you better diagonal. And this is a traditional plus D-pad. Um, little stiff, but functional. I probably wouldn't rely on it for um, D-pad fighting games, but playing classic emulations, mirror type games, I think it's pretty good. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Uh, let's see. Uh, I had one other question that uh, kind of popped uh, going through the buttons. Um, oh, okay. And then the the for the uh, for the back buttons, the clickiness relative to like the ABXY, like how does that feel? Very similar. Um, comparing it with the Ally, like those back buttons are kind of stiff and plasticky, mm-hmm. and these feel more gaming designed. Like they've got the right amount of spring and response. Uh, some of them change, like the side button is feels like the right bumper, right? Like it's got okay. that kind of click rather than a button mm-hmm. click. And then the four buttons, the left side, top and bottom, and the two that are on the side feel like they're big targets, but they feel more like regular like action buttons. Got it. Got it. That's pretty great. Uh, how does that, uh, the... Track, trackpad, uh, how does that feel in terms of responsiveness and whatnot? Trackpad's great. One thing they need to fix right now is they've got the trackpad haptics tied in with the controller haptics. So mm. if you want vibration in games, you have to have vibration whenever you touch the trackpad. And I fucking hate that. Like, yeah. I'm just not going back and forth, like turning vibration on and off. Um, mm-hmm. But the actual responsive of it is great. It does have. Um, tap to click and hold to double click to right click on it um surprisingly very good range too because it is just like thumb sized uh overall similar to the steam deck which i think you know they did a really good job on those um probably a little less uh special in the haptics but that's something that valve put a lot of time into specializing down on for gaming uh, mm-hmm. but very useful and it makes navigating windows on a handheld an absolute fucking breeze. Yeah. That I think I love it for that. I, I we've talked already before we'll definitely beat this drum until they fix it or we'll just keep beating this drum that windows just isn't really ready for a handheld ass handheld um as much as they're trying, you know, and uh um and I think just ha- having the concession of at least a single trackpad I think is absolutely brilliant that it's a that is a that is a to me out of all of the things i saw about the legion go not having played with one yet and like it that to me was like because when the two trackpads on the steam deck to me felt a little overkill ish like i've i sort of felt like if all of the other controllery bits here are good enough i don't know that i care about the second trackpad as much i can see some utility for it but having one to me was just nothing short of brilliant like that because it really does allow you to you know if you think about 99% of the experiences you would have with a trackpad it's almost always going to be a, a single one right so that yeah. that is where you would have that so i do i do love that that's uh that is something the um kickstand it's funny you say about the kickstand because i have thought about that for all of these for the steam deck and for the rog ally i'm pretty sure at this point for one of them, probably both of them at this point, you can buy cases that just have that. Like I'm that that's an aftermarket-y thing that could happen. It's never gonna be quite as cool as like having it in the device itself. Um, but not to say, well, that's not a big deal because you can get it elsewhere, but rather I'm glad that somebody actually had the the foresight to much like a trackpad add this thing that everybody will want now. Like, you know what I mean? This, the, the, these have all really been modeled off of this, the switch, whether, you know, valve wants to admit it or not. <laughs> like yeah. they, they understood how much people wanted to do this kind of work, you know, where they take their games on the go and uh, so much so that they're willing to sacrifice fidelity in the way that the switch does. And so the switch has been kickstanding since day one and only got better with the OLED switch where they did the full kickstand. So this is, you know, 
long time coming. So glad that, uh, so like some of those design tweaks just from my, you know, 30,000 foot view here, I think is, uh, seems like they really cared about making sure that this thing isn't going to lose utility. Quick sidebar. I, um, didn't cause I don't want to turn this into anything other than the Legion go show, but the, um, I did finally after wanting to have done this for a while, I have the little JS aux, um, uh, USB dock um, mm -hmm. for the ROG Ally and uh, got a little um, uh, the one of those uh, Logitech media keyboards um, and then got it wired into my home theater out, out, nice. out here so that I could pop it in go and play and um, definitely will I would love to at some point gonna have to get you up here pretty soon and, and play with the Legion go and then put it in that context as well as outside of that context. Um, one of the things that I kind of got hit with, which ended up making a ton of sense when I realized, but um, I paired a, a an Xbox controller to it because I'm sitting on the couch, right? So of course I, I can't have the, 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 the raw galley with me. So I need the Xbox controller with me. So <clears throat> I'm sitting on the couch and I can't get any game to give a damn about it at all, at all. No games would care about my Xbox controller at all. And I didn't even think about it. The controller is the one that is integrated, right? So every other controller you add, and I only fell onto this by the third game I tried that wouldn't support the Bluetooth controller, was it came up as controller two. So the onboard controller was always controller one, and most games just want to find a controller one if they're a single player right. game. So <clears throat> I hadn't even thought about that. So had to go into the options and disable the onboard controller. And then all of a sudden everything worked with the Bluetooth controller I had paired, um, which is, you know, silly, but all of that to say, like, this is just another example of how windows just isn't really ready for the handheld revolution in a way that we really want it to be. Um, and so it, it sounds like the Legion go has decided to say, well, you're right. It's not. So we're just going to dump all of the tools out on the table. So do you need a Phillips head screwdriver? Do you need a, <laughs> an all, do you need, yeah. what, what do you need? We, cause we, it's all here. Every, everything's on the table, whatever you need. Um, and that, I think that's brilliant. Like that, you know, for now we just need more, more tools on the table in order to make windows work. Um, maybe transitioning into some of your media experience on, uh, on windows on the handheld. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll revisit this at greater length in a future show, but uh, this kind of brought this into relief for me. Um, and just because we're running a little long, I'll kind of hit the thesis and uh, sure. where I see the problem. Uh, you know, I hadn't really been quite so gung ho about making this like my travel streamer until like the Legion. Like I'd done some streaming in a pinch on the Ally, but it was really just going to the Netflix website because I wanted to do something. And I realized like with this gorgeous screen and all of this integration and the additional like flexibility of the trackpad, like it makes a lot of sense. And I'm very spoiled by Apple TV, like the hardware that has a up next queue and tracks everything that you're watching. And aggregates what you're doing just like Android TV does the same thing like these services pull everything together keep track of your watch list keep track of what you've done and on Windows where the entire internet is accessible there's really no good solution for this and mm. so you know you had recommended Plex and I went into Plex which has a decent discover but absolutely does not take you to any shows it'll just tell you where you can go find them on your own on Windows um, so that's cool for flagging things that you want to see, but it doesn't actually, you can't click on the show and then open the app or open the page and go see it, unfortunately. Um, okay. so that's not great. There are some websites like real good, just watch and, you know, other sites that let you like flag everything that you're watching. And it's the same thing. Like they really want you to use an Android phone or an iPhone to do that so that they can deep link to the apps and open up the shows. And like, it's stunningly empty. Like it is unbelievable the degree to which there is none of that on Windows. Like hmm. you had sent an article about um, Microsoft finally opening up the um, in WebView 3, I think, which is hmm. like Web3 kind of like viewing that a lot of these apps actually use for use on the Xbox, which I guess apps couldn't previously build to. 
Um, and so, yeah, I guess they were forced if they wanted to use any quote unquote modern standards, they had to use like the old, the old version of Edge with the Trident rendering and like all of the hamstrung right, versions. Not Chromium that. that everybody now uses officially. Right. Yeah. So hopefully, like that's the right track, but this is just, you know, more in the world of not ready for um, handhelds and other form factors. Like, They've got to get on this. And the only thing that really kind of resonated or came back to me when I was thinking about this is um, when Microsoft got their asses beat for the Xbox One having a media focus, mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. HDMI in so you could plug your cable box into it and it would figure out what was going on, IR blasters. They had one guy that would aggregate streaming and your cable and everything. This was like, before everybody just moved to streaming over the top shows and networks, but like they were really trying to solve that problem in a way that nobody else was. And they just got their teeth kicked in for it, for not just being about games and for not being a PlayStation and trying to do all of this other stuff instead of focusing on games. And they fucking Groundhog Day dude saw their shadow and they ran right back to their cave. They said, okay, sorry, really bad, our mistake. And they they burned the ships, dude. They fucking iced it. They said, we shall never do something media on a console again. And I think we're still dealing with that because it's the same right environment now. And if you had a robust media environment on a living room box, all those apps would be in the Windows Store. Like they just mm-hmm. by extension would be available and we'd have that experience. So yeah. like it's not hard to find where it all went to shit, but you know, uh, that's kind of yeah. my my complaint. And I really very much want to see a Windows, we would call it like a, a media center, like a Windows media center. Yeah, I would <sighs> It was, where was it here? Um, Sorry, I need the exact day here. Uh, Launch, launch. Let's see. First, I can't find it, but it was November because they're always November. 2013, there was November 22nd. So this month, will mark 10 years of the since the Xbox One launched 10 years and so it's like you're right like you got to be a groundhog see your shadow and run away for 6 weeks or 6 months or even 6 years but it's 10 years later right like you've already fought and you've fought and you've fought to be the gaming first box and everything that goes around that like it it like kind of breaks my heart a little bit because i, I feel like they have the the bona fides now like it's just and some of them they bought i'm not gonna shy away from that part of the conversation like they have spent a lot of money we've covered a ton of activision blizzard stuff here on this show uh but they but they they're a gaming company xbox is a gaming brand we get it you guys like games you know what i mean we don't have to talk about that part anymore would love for them to 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 get focused back on making this it doesn't even have to be maybe the, the the all-in-one cable box that they were going with with the Xbox One, but a first-class media experience is, it's silly that it doesn't do that part. Like, that part to me is is embarrassing and silly that they can't get that part done. Like, I, I'm... You know, I just feel like you're, they're just they're just leaving this like very cool experience on the table that I think they could do better than everybody. Like I think they could if they really because nobody is at the intersection point that they are with Windows, with with Xbox, with with these you know platforms that you know they understand very intimately because they program for iOS and Android and they understand the landscape of programming and dev tools better than a lot of these other companies do, right? I mean, and so to watch these other companies, Amazon, Apple, Google, everybody's eating their lunch when it comes to media and people want that. So, you know, giving it to them, I think would be great. Yeah, 100%. I think that's, it's the next step for us. And I feel like we now have people putting windows in the Steam Deck. We've got all of the INEOs, which by the way, with the Legion Go at 699, I don't know how iNeo keeps going. Like there's, they're running the same chips. 
they've got really nothing from a hardware perspective that you can point to. Like, you cannot be charging fifteen hundred dollars for one of these things. Like, mm. I I don't know. Uh, that's my side on it. Like, all love to Ioneo for keeping the torch on, but uh, just mm. like. HTC started making other people's devices after they were XDA and couldn't do Windows Mobile anymore. Like it might be, might be time to OEM those bad boys and help Dell with their eventual Alienware guy or something, right? Like, yeah. or use your hardware prowess to just outsource this to people. Like, be that like, let other companies label them so that they're in the game. But I, I digress. Like. This has to be solved. We have a critical mass. I think we've got enough devices, enough interest in it that their Microsoft's OEM partners are hounding on this. They are moving into this category. It is a big deal. So fix it. And that is definitely that's where I'll leave it. But if you're looking for handheld, Legion Go is the one. Like the only thing the ally is going to win on is. It's been out longer, so it's a much better experience out of the box now, and it is lighter. And so I don't want to discount that. If you need lighter, if you need something that you can hold in one hand and do something with another, like Ally is probably going to win out on that. For everything else, it is Legion Go all night long. Wow. That's a very ringing endorsement. Can't wait to put my hands on it. Yeah, we'll have to get together soon and and uh, and play with it. I'd love to love to see how take it for a spin around the block. Absolutely. And I'm going to cut there and take my kids for a spin around the block and um get dinner started cuz we're running a little late tonight. Um Sounds great. So let's um regroup uh next week. I know you've got to finish um Gen V and I can't talk about that without you, so do that and I'm almost done with Jusant and I really want to close that and have a full review for next week. Sounds great. All right. See you next week. Bye.